All right. Did everybody get a little booklet and a pen? Or you have something to write with? Because I'm thinking you might want to take some notes. I'm going to be giving some scripture and asking some questions. And I, my goal and my hope is that you would take everything that's taught over the course of these summer nights and apply it. You know, I was, as I, I'm a big seasonal person. Like when it's going into the new year, I'm like, oh, it's new. Like I like the newness of everything. And so like going into the summer season, like I told y'all, summer feels different than the school year. I have four kids. One of them's graduated, but three are in high school this year. And yeah, this year they'll be, I'll be in high school. And so like summer always feels different for me. And so I'm always like, okay, what's the summer going to look like? What's the fall? What's the holidays? You know, like it's all broken down in my brain. And so this summer when people are normally just coasting and you know, vacations are wonderful, wonderful. I am a huge proponent of vacations, time off, all of that stuff. Thank you. Oh, but you know, a lot of times in the summer, we take breaks off of our, um, uh, some of our, most of our life groups. And you know, I want to challenge y'all to grow this summer. You know, Brandon talked about spiritual growth. Uh, he's in the, you know, he's in Hebrews right now. And, um, in a series. And, uh, this past Sunday, he talked about spiritual growth. If you missed it, I would encourage you highly, highly encourage you to listen to it, check it out, take notes and apply it. And that's the biggest thing I want to encourage you women with, you know, the ladies that we have asked to speak over the course of the, our summer nights are women who have remained faithful in the Lord. And we believe that they have something to offer you. They have encouragement for you. They are going to share their hearts. And I really told them, I was like, share whatever God tells you to share, because I trust that you hear from the Lord. And I trust that God's going to give you a word that our women need to hear on the night that you share. So I want to encourage all of us here, and I'll be doing the same thing to take notes Write the scriptures down that write the questions down. I'm going to be asking you a couple of questions tonight because I really want us to think about it and apply this to our lives. And I want us to have a summer of growth. Are y'all cool with that? All right. Okay. I want to tell you ladies how this, what I would like, what I'm talking to y'all about tonight. I want to tell you how it came about. I was telling a friend of mine uh, yesterday how typically whenever I, uh, I'm going to teach the ladies. I like to be reading my Bible and then something just like, boom, pop out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And then like from there, you know, God will give me a message. I'll study it out and all that. But that's not exactly what happened this time, which is kind of cool. Cause I'm like, well, you know, I'm up for it. Um, but what happened was, is I was praying with a lady. I was talking with a lady a few weeks back and she was telling me of a family situation she was walking through. That was like super tough. And I remember while she's telling me that, I'm thinking, gosh, I've never dealt with that. How many of you have been talking to your sister friend and she's telling you what's going on in your her, her life and you're like, I don't know, I've never dealt with that before. I, You know, you're kind of like, man, what do I say? Well, we always know we can pray, right? Like we'll always be able to pray. So I was like, yeah, let's pray, you know, and she was asking for prayer. And so I was like, let's pray. And so as I was praying for her, the Lord gave me like a, a word, a one word. Uh, to like, it just came to my mind. And I, so I, you know, give all the glory and credit to the Lord. And so I, that's what I prayed over her. And so we were done and, you know, we moved on, but that word wouldn't leave me. 
And after that, I was, every time I'd read my Bible, every, t- not every time, but as I was reading my Bible, stories would come up in the Bible that like had to do with this concept, which I will share in a second. And then I would talk to women and I'm like, we all need this. Like we need this. I need this. You need this. Like we all need this. And what the word was is endurance. Okay. Endurance. As I talk to women and men, but mostly, you know, we're all women in here tonight. As I talk to my ladies, my sister friends, even my daughters, my teenagers, we need endurance. There are so many times we are walking through something in life and you, you can't do anything to change it. You can't reverse it. All you can do is walk through it. And so as sisters, daughters of Christ, we need to come together and we need to talk about endurance and we need to walk together and endure together, which I'll get to later. So tonight I'm going to answer four questions and that's what you can write down. (laughs) One is what is endurance? Two is what does the Bible say about it? And I'm going to go over this more fully. Um, Three is how do we endure? So one is what is endurance? Two is what does the Bible have to say about it? Three is how do we endure? And four is what can make or break the ability to endure? I'm going to give you all an opportunity to write that down, those of you who are taking notes. All right, y'all got it? Do I need to repeat it? Repeat it one more time? Okay. Uh, What is endurance? What does the Bible say about it? How do we endure? And what can make or break the ability to endure? Okay, funny thing is that Brandon, for those of you who are here on Sundays, my husband, Brandon, is in the middle of a series, like I mentioned a minute ago, on the book of Hebrews. It has been so good, so rich. And the funny thing is, is I was not looking to really dive into Hebrews because he's already doing that. But it just so happens that this kept standing out to me. This passage kept standing out to me, and it's in Hebrews. So we're going to have some more fun with Hebrews tonight, and we're going to talk about it a little more. And it's actually, it's part of the passage that he ended with on Sunday. So on Sunday, the last scripture that he said is part of the passage that we're going to talk about tonight, which I think is pretty cool. I guess we're in one accord, you know? All right, and it's found in Hebrew 10. 32. It's 32 through 39, so it's quite a few verses. It's going to be up here um, so you can read with me. I mean, like, read along with me. You don't have to read out loud. I did say that one time. I was speaking to students, and I was like, so read it with me, and I start reading, and they all started reading, and I was like, oh my god. It was was just too much, and I was just like, but I had to go on with it. I didn't want to, like, correct them, like, shh, you know, so we just all read it together, kind of, and then I reread it by myself so I could actually think about what I was reading. But anyway, read along with me. Okay, think back. Now, and and this is, I love how this starts off because the author is, I love when a, a speaker or a writer is causing someone to pause and think. That's one of my favorite things to do. And he says, 
Think back to those early days when you first learned about Christ. I think all of us in here can, if we do that, it's pretty sweet. And he says, remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown in jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Now, the book of Hebrews, and again, Brandon has talked a lot about it. If you hadn't been here, please go listen to it. It's been so good. Um, but it is a reminder and refresher to the believers and the leaders of who Jesus is and what his life and death has afforded them. And it applies to us too. And they were, so at that time, they were in the face of opposition, persecution. They needed this encouragement. They needed this reminding. They were also experiencing harassment, loss of property, and imprisonment. All under, all because they were Christians. And I think if we really pause and look at it, we can find ourselves in some of these, find our current situation in some of these, and we can relate. And before the passage, the, the few verses before the passage I read, he also talks about the old way of doing things versus the new way. He speaks on the new covenant. He reminds them that Christ's blood affords them to boldly enter God's presence and, and uh, it cleanses their conscious, which it does the same thing for us. And, you know, I just want to pause right there because before then, the old covenant, they had to have the blood of animals when they sinned, when they messed up, even if it was on accident. There was all these rules. I don't know if you read all the rules. I think they all just start to kind of blur into each other when you read them. But, like, the, all the rules where they had to use animal blood to to um, cover their sins. And so when Jesus came, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, when he came, that that was it. It was finished. It was his blood. No longer do we have to, I mean, imagine, I always imagine when I'm reading the Bible and I like to listen to it, I'm imagining what they're going through. So I'm imagining they have like a pen of, you know, animals. So then they, they have to like, first of all, they're feeding their animals. They're taking care of their animals. And then they mess up. They sin. Okay, they got to go pick an animal. I really don't know how exactly it goes. Some of y'all probably do. But they got to go. They got to get the animal. Well, I mean, have you ever like had to get an animal? I don't know how difficult that is. But to me, it seems like it probably wouldn't always be easy. And then they have to take the walk with the animal or carry the animal to get it to the actual altar where they're going to sacrifice. So imagine you have to do all that. I mean, I'm sure that takes hours, if not you know, a day. And the whole time you're thinking of what you did. 
But the only way that you can be cleansed, the only way your conscience can be cleansed from the sins that you've done back then was by getting that animal and slaughtering that animal. Right now, we just have to say, God, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? How easy is that, y'all? Like the price he paid for that. So anyway, in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews is reminding them, y'all, we used to do all that. But now, because of Jesus, because of Christ, this is what we get to do. So man, how, how good does it feel to have your conscience cleansed? I mean, okay, I just had to pause and go there. He also encourages them to hold tightly to the hope that we have. He also makes a note of the importance on how to treat others. That's, he's, he's discussing that. Then he warns them of the dangers of continuing to live in sin. So this is where our passage picks up. I mean, this is weighty. This is heavy stuff. This is very meaningful stuff, which again is why I'm super excited that uh, Brandon's doing a series on it because we really get to dive in and dig into it. And so endurance, okay, this is, this is what's going on in, in Hebrews. And he uses this passage to talk about, he says, patient endurance is what you need now. Ladies, patient endurance is what we need now. If there was ever a time in my life, in your life, in the life of the church, the body of Christ, right now, we need patient endurance. And that's why we're talking about it tonight. So what is endurance? Okay, so by definition, endurance is enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation. It also means the ability to bear up patiently under difficult circumstances. Again, there's that word patiently, because some of us can pride ourselves for enduring certain situations, but the whole time we're grumbling, we're slandering, we're gossiping, and we're, we're sinning. We're walking through that situation, but I think it's important that we just call it what it is. We don't always patiently endure. Some of us will walk through it, but the whole time we're in sin. And we must be aware that it's not just, ah, oh, get through it. Patient endurance is what we need now. So let me ask you, is anyone in here, you don't need to raise your hand, are you, this is where I want you to think, this is where it applies to you, are you in the middle of a difficult time right now? Are you in the middle of a trial? Are you in the middle of a problem? Is that you? Another question, have you ever experienced a difficult time, a problem, a trial since you've been saved, since you've given your life to the Lord? Has that ever been you? Third question is, do you know anyone that you love that is going through a difficult time, a trial, or problems? If you answered yes to any of those, then tonight, pay attention. Tonight, this is for us because I answer yes to all three. Right now, as I'm standing up here, I answer yes to all three. And so this word is for us. All right, first question we know, what is endurance? Just to remind you, it's enduring a difficult time, a difficult or unpleasant situation. And it's the ability to bear up patiently under difficult circumstances. So second question is, what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about endurance? 
The short answer is a lot, like a lot. I love taking a topic and going in the Bible and searching it and searching it. And so just for fun, I Googled how many times, I mean, I don't know, you know, not saying it's all the way accurate, but just for fun, I went ahead and Googled how many times the word endurance is in the Bible. I was surprised that it only said 40 times. I'm pretty sure with the translation, it might be more, whatever. But then I also Googled uh, perseverance, because if you look at the definition of perseverance and endurance, it's pretty much the same thing. So I looked up perseverance and it said 29. Either way, there's other terms that mean uh, endurance and perseverance. Like just in the verses that I read earlier, it says remained faithful, terrible suffering, accepted with joy, waiting patient endurance, like I said, and continue to do so. So the word remained, the word suffering, the word waiting, and obviously endurance, and continuing, that's all words that mean enduring. And so it's not just that. And so when you're reading the word and you hear words like that, pay attention to it because that speaks of endurance. And so three things about endurance, the Bible has to say just in this passage, because like I said, the Bible has a lot to say about endurance. The Bible has a lot to say about perseverance. But just in this three, this passage, I wanted to point out three things. The first thing is endurance, endurance is produced through suffering. Eek. Like, I don't like that. I'm just going to be honest. I don't like the suffering part, but endurance is produced through suffering. That's the first thing. The second thing is something that I want us all to hear is it can be accepted with joy. It can be accepted. We can endure the suffering with joy. And in Romans 5, 3, it says, it's proof. It's not just me making this up, okay? This is the proof, the scripture proof. Romans 5, 3 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. There's so many ways and reasons we can get hopeless. And this scripture and the Bible continues to tell us that we have to remain hopeful. And this is the prescription to having confident hope, is rejoicing when we run into problems and trials because they develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope. Now, you know, rejoicing in problems and trials is countercultural, right? I mean, how often do you see on social media or on TV or news or just talking, even in the church, and and people are doing every possible thing to get out of every possible trial, every possible trouble. When something hits them, it's like the end of the world, and there has to be someone to blame, and it just can get messy. But how often, and, and I say that because there are times where people are walking through trials, and I or my husband will try to encourage them and they get mad at us. They are mad or they get mad at the person who's trying to encourage them. Like, don't encourage me while I am in a trial because you don't know. 
Well, we're going to get to, we're going to get to someone who does know. And so I may not know what you're walking through. I probably don't, but I know someone who does. But we can be mistaken when we're mad at the persons, people who are trying to help us, our spouses, our family, our friends, our church. When we're walking through a tough time, we must, we must allow people to help us. We must allow people to walk with us because the truth is, is we will endure trials. We will endure, endure suffering. Now, I'm not saying go and asking for it. <laughs> I'm not saying I want it. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is when we're walking through something, we must be careful that we don't just go uh, take the path of least resistant just to not feel the pain. Sometimes we, we, we do. We need to. Sometimes the pain is necessary. The third thing about endurance that the Bible has to say that I find in this passage is that it's necessary to do God's will. In verse 36, it said, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. That tells me that we will run into trials. We will run into problems while doing God's will. So we need endurance. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Okay. How, thank you. How do we endure? That's the how. It's found, um, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of different ways. You know, the Bible is just like, oh, so much information, so much goodness. And so as I bring something, you may think of like, I know a way we can endure. And I might not say it, but that's okay. I'm just giving you three ways. So in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, so then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly. There's that word again. Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So the first way we endure is we look to Jesus as our example. It says here, the high priest of ours understands our weakness. Just think for a minute of a weakness you have. We, we all have them. None of us are perfect. There's all, there's, there's leans towards certain things. We have weaknesses. It says here in the Bible, which is the truth, the word of God, that he understands. And so can you just for a moment think of the weakness you have and think, and know that he understands. It says, how do we know that? For he faced all of our same testing. When you go through testing, he faced that. He is our example. So the first thing we do when we're, how do we endure is we look to him as our example. Hebrews 12, 2 says, we do this. So how do we look to him as our example? By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disgracing its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides the throne. He is the prime example of endurance. And the second way that we endure, how do we endure? Is we ask him to help us. And so like the thought that comes to mind is like, okay, you want to learn to make a gumbo, right? So your grandmother, your mother, your sister, she may make a gumbo 
and you watch her make the gumbo and you see some of the things she does and you can learn from that. But whenever it's time to chop the onions, you're like, wait, how did you chop those onions? How did you cut that chicken on the bone? That's so gross. But anyway, I don't like to cut that. I get it already cut. But anyway, like, so then you go from watching her cook the gumbo to asking her to help you make the gumbo. Because typically you won't just do it by yourself the first time. And if you do, it's not really going to come out like hers just yet. It takes a while. That Jesus is our example. He is our example. So not only do we see him, then we ask him to help us. You see what he does and you ask him through Bible reading and prayer. The way we see and follow the example of Jesus is through reading our Bible reading about him, reading about his life, talking about him with your friends, talking about him with your children, your family, talking about the Lord, hearing about him being preached, hearing about Jesus being taught. That's how we, that's how we follow his, see his example. And we ask him through our time in prayer. And the third way, how we endure is don't give up. Don't stop. Don't quit. Just keep going. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, and this is one of my favorite scriptures, so I'm going to use it. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Sometimes it's one step in front of the other. It's minute by minute. It's hour by hour. It's day by day. It's just continuing to do what you know is right. That is whether you're a student at school and you're just continuing to study the same material to take the same test, or you're a mother with small kids and you're continuing to say, don't touch that, don't stick your finger in the socket, don't run out in the road, don't run out in the road. You see, that's a road, please don't run out. Like, it's it's continual. There are things that are continual. If you have health goals and it's eating or it's it's exercising, being active, it's one thing after another. That is enduring. But you know, it's not just spiritual. It's not just a spiritual thing. Spiritual is the number one thing. But guess what? We're in physical bodies in a physical world with physical cars, physical houses, and physical food. And so guess what? You have to change your oil. You got to put gas in your car, (laughs) you know, like it's endurance is not just for spiritual matters. And, you know, I think about, I um, don't know if there's a a leadership, one of the most influential leadership guys in I think the United States, maybe the world, his name is John Maxwell. And he has this thing called the rule of five. It's very practical. So I gave you like all kinds of spiritual things, but we're just going to get practical for a second because again, we live in a practical world and bodies and we have clothes and cars and whatnot. So we need some practical thoughts and teachings and tips. And the rule of five, he says, he came up with this, I guess, if you have a tree in your backyard and you have an ax and you need to chop the tree, you can go in your backyard every day and, and, and chop and put, hit it five times, five chops every day. And eventually what's going to happen? It's going to fall. You're going to chop it down. And so his principle is not overwhelming yourself with, I have to do all of this, you know, like I have to chop this tree down in one day. When it comes to like health goals, especially, and I I use health goals a lot because I'm telling you, you can't get in a conversation with a lady for more than 30 minutes 
20, 10 minutes without talking about some kind of health goal, whether it's nutrition, calories, uh, my heart, my hair, my thyroid, uh, you know, all that stuff. So, and I'm guilty too. I'm just as guilty. So like, I like talk about working out, like, oh, you know, the gym, whatever. So, so we're going to mention it. Okay. We're going to mention health, but man, you can't just go to the gym for five hours every five months and think you're going to see results. No, I went, I would, I would do it. Like I literally could spend 24 hours in the gym for one day every five months. And if that would work, but it doesn't, it doesn't. And so not only spiritually, we have to remember the, the, we need to endure. We need to one step after the other, just do the right thing. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. It's practical as well. And so the last question that I want to answer in our four minutes we have left together, uh, is what can make our break our endurance? There is a lot of things, like so many, but for the sake of, you know, for the sake of tonight, I just want to give you two. And these two come from what I see and what I experience. Everything I say here, if I, if I most of these things, all of these things I've walked through, I've done the wrong way. I've messed up. I've sinned. I've not, I've quit. I've quit. I've quit. I've quit. I even preached a message one time called three strikes and you're not out because I feel like God had given me three opportunities to lead, to lead certain things. And I quit every time because I didn't think I could do it as a teenager and a young adult. But yet I found myself as a youth pastor's wife at the, you know, in my early twenties. And I'm like, (laughs) I quit so many times. And yet he still, I still wasn't out of the game. And so that's an encouragement for somebody in here who's been quitting. Don't quit. But if you have, you're going to get back up. Okay. So what can make or break our endurance? Two things. The first thing is our words, the actual words that come out of our mouth that we speak. Okay. Proverbs 18:21 and I'll put it in the amplified. I don't know if that yeah, they got it. Okay, it's in the amplified. It says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge in it will eat of its fruit and bear the consequences of their words." Let me tell you, a consequence is a result of actions. Okay? What actions are your word produce? What are your words producing? What words are you constantly speaking about your situation, about certain situations? How are those words? And do you see the fruit of the actions? As important as endurance is, your words will determine whether you can or you can't endure. Our words, ladies, from what we tell ourselves, I will speak more kindly to others than I will to myself. You know how I know? Because the person who lives with me the most, lives with me the most, person who lives with me, (laughs) constantly keeps me accountable for that. What are you saying? What, what, What are the words coming out of your mouth? And I think that's something we can all, whether it's our intelligence we're, we're talking about, whether it's our looks, let's be real, whether it's our accomplishments and how they could have been better, should have been better, maybe the way we acted, the way we treated someone. I mean, look, we have to admit when we are wrong, but man, we don't have to beat ourselves up about it. 
We surely don't have to talk. And this is what I try. I've, I've taught my daughters, but in the, in the midst of t- teaching, teaching my daughters this, the Lord's like, and you, <laughs> but you know, it's like, if you wouldn't say it about your best friend, why would you say it about you? And that will determine whether you will have the strength to endure a situation or not. You could talk yourself right out of it. There's a quote that says, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're absolutely right. Because if you think you can, you're going to speak like you can and you will. But if you think you can't, you're going to say that you can't and you won't. And so we really have to guard our words. The second thing and last thing is who you surround yourself with. You like that? (laughs) Who you surround yourself with can make or break your ability to endure situations. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Don't be fooled for those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Okay, so I've read this scripture so many times, but I finally looked into it. I'm going to try to explain what it means in like one minute. Okay, so Paul was quoting... This bad company corrupts good character is actually a quote. Paul was quoting it from this poet from 300 BC. Okay. The reason this guy, the reason Paul was saying this was because at the time, the pri- they had prisoners who had the attitude. Okay. You got to listen. You got to catch this. It's like weird. But anyway, it was, it really just was like, whoa. Okay. So they had these prisoners in jail. What they would do with the prisoners is, um, they would throw them in a pen or in a whatever with wild animals. And for entertainment, they'd watch them get mauled to death. It's disgusting. I know. And I'm sorry. I feel like you shouldn't talk about that with women, but it kind of makes the point. So that was these prisoners. So the prisoners the night before, and this is what Paul says. Okay. He's talking about this the night before they would say, Oh, let's eat and drink and be merry because tomorrow we're going to die. Well, they're trying. Paul's trying to tell them, listen, bad company corrupts good character. If you hang out with people that don't have the proper perspective of purpose, it's going to corrupt you. And that's what, that's what we need to know. That's what Paul's trying to tell the church. That's what I'm trying to tell me and y'all is that when we hang out and spend our time with people who don't have a proper perspective of purpose and suffering and endurance and what the scripture says and how we are to live our lives, it's going to corrupt our good character. But it doesn't just stop with the people that we're hanging out with, choosing to spend our time with. It's also who we're watching. It's the TV shows. It's the radio. It's the music. If we're listening to music that doesn't have a proper perspective of purpose and endurance, how are we to endure when we are filling ourselves and spending time with people who don't have the right perspective? And so I really want to encourage you today, tonight, to pay attention to that. Romans 5.3 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Good character is produced through endurance, and endurance through suffering. Look around at the people that you have surrounded yourselves with. Do they encourage you? to endure till the end? Do they help you find excuses to give up? Something to think about. Those are the questions that I want you to ask yourself. 
And the last thing is I want to read a scripture and ask you if your friend group describes, if this describes your friend group, and it's Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating it on, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. When you think about the group of people that you hang out with, whether it's one person, two people, five, does this describe that? Does this describe that group? Does it describe the people you invite into your life? We can't help who we work with, who we go to school with. Can't help who's in our family. Not always. <laughs> but the people that you invite into your life, does that, do you feel like you're living Psalm 1, 1 through 3? Does that describe y'all? You know, we want to surround ourselves with sisters that say, I know it's hard. I know it's tough. But let's endure this thing together. Trees planted along the riverbank. Is that your friend? Is that your sister friends? Something important to remember. And the last thing I want to close with is the most important person that we could ever have in our life that will help us to endure is Jesus Christ. No one can hold a candle to him. No woman, no man, no child, no preacher, no teacher, no educator. No one, no coach, no one can hold a candle to Jesus Christ. And if you are in here tonight and you have never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, tonight is your night to do that because you will not, I'm telling you, you won't be able to endure without Him, without Jesus. And so this is what we're going to do. We are over on time. So if you have children, when I release, you will need to go get your children. But if you need prayer and you have children, you can go grab your children and quietly come back over here and we'll pray for you. We don't want you to miss prayer because it's time to get your children. But what I will do is I will, I will get our altar workers that can stay a little later to come up. And if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. If you say tonight is the night that I want to ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life, I am sick and tired of living for me and I want to live for him. I need his help to endure this life I'm living. If that's you, when I dismiss, I want you to come get prayer. We want to pray for you. Everybody got that? All right, so what I will do is I'll get you to stand up. I'll pray over y'all, release y'all. I'll get altar workers to come up if they can. But y'all do need to go get your children. All right. Well, Father, we thank you so much for this time, Lord. And pray, Father God, that you would help us to endure. Lord, your word says that we can ask you boldly. So we boldly ask you to help us endure, Father God. As we move forward, as we go out, Lord, that we would look to you, Father. Lord, that we would watch the words that we speak, Father God. Watch the words that we say. And we would pay careful attention to the people that we invite into our lives, Lord God. Lord, we love you. We worship you. And we just lift this time up to you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.